hi and welcome to my podcast of my chaotic mind where I'm going to be talking about my life. <laughs> um, the chaos, the fun, the sad, the crazy, um, and some things that just interest me. So hang tight and here we go. So it is 5.46 a.m. I have been up since 3 a.m. Thanks to my old, old dog. (sighs) I am sitting here with my Star Wars cup of coffee. (laughs) Plenty of sugar, which is so bad. It is so bad for you. But you know what? It makes me happy. (sighs) So I'm trying to be somewhat quiet because everybody in my household is still asleep. Except for me. So being that this is my very first podcast, um, I guess I'll start with, you know, a little bit of the about me section. I was born on October 2nd, 1979 in New Mexico. My father was stationed there uh, in the Air Force. I have an older sister. She's three years older than me. Love her to pieces. Um, my amazing mom. Oh, that's a whole nother story right there. That woman deserves a, she deserves a medal for all the crap that she had to put up with me. Seriously. But again, we'll, we'll save that for a later date. Um, I do believe we moved to Connecticut, um, for a short period of time where we lived with my grandparents, my dad's mom and dad, um, and my aunts and they are amazing. They are also a huge part of my storytelling. Um, we were closer with them than we were with my mom's side of the family. Um, my dad is Italian and I believe my grandmother's side was German. I think, I don't know. But if you look at my dad and his side of the family, they look mostly Italian. I've definitely got the Italian gene and my sister looks like she has more of the German gene, which is kind of funny. Um, So we lived there for some time being before my dad transferred down to Virginia, where I pretty much grew up in Gloucester. Gloucester, Virginia is right on the outskirts of Yorktown. So I was surrounded by the, basically the historical triangle, Jamestown, Yorktown, and Williamsburg, which I never really appreciated until I was older. I mean, being forced to go on boring field trips to Jamestown, Williamsburg, Yorktown, it's like, oh, again, really? Um, it wasn't until I got older that I really started to appreciate the coolness of that. Um, so we have Gloucester. Uh, growing up in Gloucester, we is pretty, I guess you could say it was pretty rural. Um, it wasn't as built up as it is now. I mean, naturally things grow. Um, we lived up in the county, pretty much farmland, if you, if you want to look at it. Very wooded, very farmy. <laughs> That's not even a word, but anyways, moving on. Um, we, I loved it. I think we had like an acre and a half of land. Um, you didn't have neighbors like right next to each other. You could see the stars at night. Oh my God. It was so amazing. Um, we rode our bike everywhere. Like we rode our bike up to the store, which was like, I think it was like a mile there and then a mile back. So yeah, it was two miles total, um, there and back. Um, you know, if we, it was just a little country store too. It was the cutest thing ever. I don't even know if it's still there. Um, just a little three-bedroom rancher. To me, it was huge. Growing up as a kid, that was like 
my my playground if you will um and then when I saw pictures recently of it I was just curious and I was like whoa that was a really small house <laughs> but when you're a kid you don't notice those things you know because you're just you're so innocent and you can just create I could create the best world out of anything when I was a kid um it's something that I'll kind of really get into later but um it was just my imaginary playground man I could go in the woods I wasn't I mean I wasn't fearful of anything I would climb to the tip tops of trees um ride my bike around pretend I was driving a bus we would rake the you know rake the yard of leaves and my sister and I would make (laughs) we would make trails that we could go through and we were acting like we were on dirt bikes and oh my goodness the silliness um the silliness that like it's almost sad that my youngest boy is never gonna really know I mean he has the imagination that I have but like if he grew up like I did oh my goodness it would have been so amazing. Um, it's just things that we tend to take for granted. Um, so yeah, I grew up in Gloucester. Um, I never really felt like I fit in. I didn't fit in with any one group, I guess you could say. I wasn't into the cliques. I kind of tried to be friends with everybody. And when I say I tried, I, I'm not saying like I, I was forcing myself to be friends with anybody or it was like desperate. It was just if I liked you, it was cool. I didn't care your background. I didn't care any of that. Um, I guess you could say sometimes I felt like a misfit. We didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have matching furniture. It didn't care. I just didn't care. That stuff did not and still does not matter to me. Um, we, we may do. Um, my mom, we really couldn't afford much. So she would pack up some tuna fish sandwiches. That's probably one of the best memories ever. Um, she would pack up tuna fish sandwiches and we would go to the beach and we would stay at the beach all day. Um, and she, we just, uh, so many memories of her, um, Christmas. So it's Christmas time right now. Um, and I'm currently in Florida and it does not feel like Christmas. Um, it's so warm. Um, but Christmas time, I remember listening to, I think it was Dolly Parton and somebody else the record we were listening to records and we would dance and put up Christmas decorations and oh my gosh it was just so much fun it's the little innocent things that I I try to even do with my own children like vacuuming while dancing and making cleaning fun and um wasn't always successful my kids probably thought I was nuts um but it was still fun it was still a lot of fun um I have a lot of good memories in that house but I also unfortunately have a lot of bad um that is where a lot of my trauma started so when I have nightmares unfortunately it is in that house that it's like it's almost like it's a it's a prison like a nightmare prison it's always in that house which is so sad because I have so many good memories too which is important to focus on and I'm trying but unfortunately I can't really control my nightmares um there is a possibility because I'm starting to feel like I'm doing it now where I may dissociate during my podcast and I want to apologize in advance and also give some trigger warnings because there is a possibility that I might skip over um, some areas and I might look back and not remember anything I just said um, because some subjects are extremely hard for me to talk about. There are some subjects that I may not be comfortable in even talking about. Um... But for now, we're kind of going to keep it kind of light. Um, 
so yeah, my trauma. I actually, you know what? Let me back up a little bit because when we first moved to Gloucester, <laughs> my trauma actually started in this little yellow brick house. Imagine this, okay? Tiny brick house that we were renting. It was right behind our doctor's office of all things. And oh man, I can picture it so perfectly. Um it was like cinder block. It wasn't even brick. It was like cinder block. We, it was technically two bedrooms. It had a wood stove, um, tiny little kitchen. And remember the, um, the grate for the, like the oil heat that I used to stub my toe on all the time. Um, it was right by the bathroom. <laughs> and man, I'm telling you, you didn't walk around that house with, with, with no socks on or slippers because it was cold my sister's room I think it was a porch I believe it was a porch that was converted into a bedroom I thought it was the coolest thing ever um in order to do laundry you had to go outside and go to the back of the house because that's where the laundry room was set up I believe we had an apple tree I want to say a pear tree but I could be wrong on that my memory's a little fuzzy um, I know that we had grapevines, my dad. Um, I don't know if they were already there and my dad just contributed to the growth or if my dad planted them. I can't remember that either. Um, but I remember he was really into like growing corn because well, my dad, I guess, he grew up on a farm. So that was like his thing. Um, I think the biggest and best memory I have of that house is our playhouse. People, let me explain something. When I say playhouse, it's not a treehouse. It's not a little plastic playhouse, okay? My grandfather, my mom's dad, built us, like, it was like the size of a shed, okay? Playhouse. It had a window. It was the coolest thing ever. And we played in that thing, oh my goodness, we played in it so much. It was so much fun. Um, so, where my drama started... <laughs> And I'm laughing because, well, I'm alive. <laughs> Somehow I am alive, people. So my final destination moment started about this day. I was like, maybe five or six. I could be wrong. Don't know. Um, so I don't know if a lot of you, especially the younger listeners, because they don't have these anymore. But for my older listeners, they were merry-go-round things that you pushed at like school parks and stuff. And they had like metal bars that you would hold on to. And I think technically you were supposed to sit on it, but nobody did. Um, it was my mother, myself, my sister, and her friend. We all rode our bikes to the school because the school was like maybe a half mile from the house. And um, we rode our bikes and we, we were having a blast. So my mom was spinning us around and we were just having the greatest time. Well, we were going pretty fast. And for some reason, I have no idea why, I decided it was a good idea to let go. And when I say I let go, my hands came off the bars. And because we were spinning so fast, I didn't just slide off. I did not fall down. Nope. I flew. I flew all the way off. I think backwards. I don't know. My sister could probably explain that a little bit better because she witnessed it. I flew backwards. There was these monkey bars that were like in the shape of like the rainbow, like a rainbow. I called them rainbow monkey bars. Um, I hit those with my head. 
I fell down and had a complete concussion. <laughs> now, mind you, this was before 911 addresses, so you had to explain to an ambulance where you were. Um, we didn't have cell phones, so it's not like we could call an ambulance. My poor mother held me while I was puking. I mean, I couldn't keep my eyes open. I was puking. I had no idea what was going on. I do remember my sister laughing at me, but let's be honest, if I saw it, I probably would have been laughing too because she was young and she didn't know. She had no idea. (laughs) It's not funny. Um, So my mom, (laughs) she had to carry me while holding on to her bike, trying to truck it to the house while my sister and her friend took my bike and got to the house. And I remember laying on the couch and I was just completely out of it. And I remember my mom on the phone, like with the doctor and she wound up having to take me to the emergency room. Honestly, looking back, I should have been kept overnight because my concussion was pretty bad. Um, They sent us home and... I don't remember the recovery after that. (laughs) I don't remember much after that. Um, But that is where my final destination moment started. Um, Lots of memories in that house, unfortunately. That was one that I wish I could forget. Um, I never looked at those stupid things the same again. I am so glad to see that progress has been made. And those things are no longer... I think maybe every now and then you might see one in existence... Um, I can't believe it took them this long to remove those and see the safety hazards. <laughs> but, you know, I'm alive. I'm alive, people. And the sad thing is, it didn't end there. Nope, that's just where my trauma started. It's a trauma that I can look back at and laugh, though. It's a trauma that I can look back and it doesn't fully affect my life like it doesn't stop me from living um of course there's fears there and panics but um I don't really like spinning things much anymore and I'm sure you can imagine why um but yeah so I'm gonna end it here for now because there's there's lots more I hope you enjoyed and if you'd like to hear anything else let me know So there's no, there's no denying that I had a very vivid imagination and I wanted to be all, do all, see all as a young child. I mean, there was no limit for me. I I wanted to dabble in everything. Mostly wanted to follow my sister's footsteps. (laughs) I hate to say it, but, uh, yeah. So this, this traumatic thing isn't trauma like you would think. It was just absolutely a hundred percent humiliating, but looking back, I'm pretty daggone proud of myself for continuing on. So my nickname as a young child was Clumsy Letta. I received such a nickname because, well, I'm a klutz. My feet just don't work properly. My coordination is awful. How I did half the things I did is beyond me. Um, so anyways, so there were several things I wanted to do as a young child. One was obviously be Wonder Woman. Um, I used to run in circles, I used to spin in circles, I used to jump off the picnic table thinking I was a Wonder Woman, no wonder why I have any problems. Um, 
So Wonder Woman was one. Um, I would explore the woods, pretend I was in the labyrinths and the goonies, and that's something I'll touch on later. But, you know, I mean, I was an explorer. I loved exploring. I still do. Um, I find myself sometimes still, still looking at certain things and thinking, oh, I remember doing this as a child, and it was just, it was so much fun. Anyway, um, I wanted to try dance. I love to dance. I still do love to dance. When I hear music, my body just moves, you know? More so hip-hop, but hip-hop really wasn't a thing growing up. Um, they weren't classes like they are now, um, especially in my area. So I tried my hand at ballet and tap. Again, I have no coordination whatsoever. I can fall up the stairs backwards. I will run into just about everything. Like, it's it's terrible. Anyways, um, so I remember... <laughs> My dance teacher wasn't exactly nice. Like, she was the epitome of, like, what's that show? Dance Moms? I don't know. Something like that. She wasn't very nice. Um, we had, I don't remember much of anything, like, practicing nothing. I just remember my recital. My recital. Oh, my God. <laughs> so embarrassing. So, I literally have one foot that's bigger than the other, right? So shopping for shoes of any kind for me is, is rather difficult. Um, so we bought new tap shoes. And uh, we were, so we did our ballet routine. No, 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 it was the tap routine first. Of course it was the tap routine first because, you know, why not? So we're on stage and mind you, in this god-awful green. I don't remember the music. I just remember what I was wearing and what happened. Let's put it that way. But this horrible green, like, I'm talking like sea green sequenced thing that was very uncomfortable and a little too much, if you ask me, um, for a, like, five, six-year-old. So I'm on stage and my mom's, my mom's there, her friend's there. I don't know if my dad was there. I don't think so. Um, and my sister was there. And we're doing our little routine. We do the shuffle step. You see where I'm going with this? Do you see where I'm going with this? I mentioned the tap shoes, right? I mentioned it. I shuffled forward. I shuffled back. Guess what flew off? Yeah, right in the middle of my recital, in front of everybody, my tap shoe flew off. I paused. And I somehow kept going. I just kept going. I, it was like instinct. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> I think about that now as an adult, I would probably run and hide off stage. Like I probably would ball my eyes out and not keep going. But as a child, I was resilient, man. I kept going. I kept going, even though it was absolutely humiliating. Um, I don't remember much after that. I remember trying to search for my tap shoe and my instructor yelling at me saying I needed to get my ballet suit, my shoes on. And I remember I didn't want to. I was so humiliated. I had tears running down my face. I felt horrible. And that's all I remember of that. Just that horrible, embarrassing, traumatic thing that actually somewhat shaped, it shaped me because other things happened and it was like all these embarrassing things happened. So I was so afraid to like speak in public, be in front of other people, like very, very self-conscious, um, that was one of the reasons I just did not trust myself um, at all. And 
although it was humiliating, I, I, like I said, I can look back and be thankful that I kept going. Like, regardless, I kept going and I kept a smile on my face from what my mom said. I didn't even shed a tear, you know, at that, at, you know, when I was dancing. Um, needless to say, ballet and tap did not work out for me. <laughs> I just didn't find it fun. Um, it just didn't flow through me like some people, you know, I didn't want to be a prima ballerina. That wasn't my thing. I just, I wanted to be a free bird. I wanted to just be free. Um, I had another shoe incident at a tournament in field hockey. I did, yeah. Brand new cleats and one flew off right in the middle of me having the ball too. I was so angry. But like things like that, things like those embarrassing moments, um, just, it really made me question myself. Um, Even in theater, which, you know, again, I'm going to get into theater later and how that actually ultimately really helped a lot in my life. Um, but with, I was trying out for a play and I had a sweater on and I hadn't realized that somebody decided to stick like a sugar daddy on the back of my sweater. So I go up on stage and I hear the giggling, but I don't pay attention to it. And mind you, I'm always checking myself because of said embarrassing things. Um, and come to find out, Somebody had put a sugar daddy on the back of my sweater to humiliate me. So again, (laughs) it's just, it's it's those things where I start to question myself and I don't trust myself to put makeup on because I'm always feel like somebody's judging me or going to comment or, um, you know, something bad's going to happen or like I'm constantly checking my appearance. Um, there's more to that because of the bullying and stuff like that, but it, it just, it's, you can see how things start to add up. Um, this one's going to be a little short. Um, I have to run to work. Unfortunately, I got called in early, but I haven't done a podcast, um, in a week and I'm trying to keep these weekly. Um, but what was something that was absolutely humiliating to you that still is like etched in your brain that had you questioning everything? Let me know. So, my childhood was definitely what I would consider different. Not bad. Not bad by any means. Even for everything that I went through, but different. (laughs) Um, Looking back now, it's like, wow. You know, no wonder why I saw things differently. So, my sister being three years older than me, naturally a little bit older and wiser, right? Me... I don't know. I, I it, things definitely affected me on a different route. It, it's amazing where if you could almost picture my sister and I going down this long trail, and she's ahead of me, and at some point there was a fork in the road, and we just we split, <laughs> we split ways as far as our thinking and our development, and it's just it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to see. Like if I could paint it or if I could write it out. It would be an interesting thing to see um, or a good explanation of of how things are when you experience certain things. So death, death, Um, death was definitely a huge part of my life as a small child. Um, When I was six, my grandmother, my mother's mom died of cancer. Um, 
I don't remember her much prior to cancer. I just remember the cancer portion. Um, I didn't know what, I didn't know what breast cancer was. Um, and I didn't understand. So my mom took care of my grandmother mostly the entire time. So I was surrounded by it. Um, but there is one memory that sticks out the most because again, I didn't understand how, how cancer spreads. Um, and how this had spread to her brain. I just knew that the behavior as I'm watching this woman was very bizarre. I remember sitting in front of the fireplace and she was in the recliner, I think it was a recliner or just a, just a little chair. And I remember looking over and I was playing with my sister and my cousins and I looked over and was almost mystified at the fact that she was knitting, but there was nothing in her hands nothing she would talk to herself sometimes um my mother made had told me um a couple years ago how when she was really sick and in the hospital she looked at me and said I was the devil child I mean she could have been on to something there um but I didn't understand that was the cancer talking I didn't know what how the brain worked and you know what I'm saying like it, it was I was both mystified and horrified. I just, I didn't understand. I think, you know, when you're that little, your brain is trying to process what that means. I didn't know what death was. I had no idea what death was. So I remember my mom coming and picking me up from school and she was crying and she was with my aunt and I guess my grandmother had passed. And we went to the viewing and that... is etched in my mind. It is horrific and bizarre and it still haunts me. Um, I know these things were, I mean, back in the day, this was, you know, it probably didn't phase people, but for me it was horrifying. And then I started to become slowly afraid of death a little bit. Um, Not much, but it was there. I would have nightmares. Um, things I never told my mom because it's not her fault, you know, by any means it's not her fault. Um, and then things just seemed to steadily progress with regards to death. It was everywhere. Um, my first communion, I think I was like eight years old. Uh, we grew up Catholic. It was pretty important in my dad's side of the family and it was very important that I became had my first communion even though I didn't understand a look of it I really didn't I I used to look at my sister and she just seemed so for and me I was just like I don't get it you know I, I had so many questions I didn't understand so my whole family came down from up north and celebrated this important milestone in my life and where we lived um this is you know jumping ahead we had moved into our three-bedroom rancher and uh we were outside and celebrating and there were no leash laws back then we lived on a dirt road at that time it's no longer a dirt road but it was a dirt road at the time so my dog could freely roam I mean I had cows come in my yard guinea hens chickens pigs I mean you name it I had it in my yard um so it was a good spot to be in so we're all celebrating, and I remember that I still have it, actually. My pound puppy blanket. It was a pound puppy sleeping bag that my grandfather bought me. Um, 
and I was just enjoying the moment with my family when my cousins who had just recently left came and told me that our dog Teddy had by hit had been hit by a truck the guy purposely hit him from what they said I just remember they came up we were all on the back porch and, and they came up from the side of the house crying just crying and time stopped because I don't remember anything after that it's like time stopped on my first communion my dog died a moment that was supposed to be full of happiness and excitement was plagued by horrible memories I don't think I processed his death um it just time stopped a few years down the road actually not that far down the road um my grandfather my dad's dad whom I absolutely loved and adored <sighs> so they moved they moved to Virginia they moved actually right next door to be with us because we were the first grandchildren and but he was receiving all his cancer treatments in Connecticut again I did not know this I didn't pay attention I was a child um, I just knew that he was my grandfather and he was my favorite grandfather in the whole white world um, I was very close to him he would sit down with me and watch Dennis the Menace even though he hated hated that show so much um, I just remember we had to go to Connecticut we had him to school and I remember still again just you don't process it when you're that young what's going on it's just craziness you know and um, I remember walking in his room and seeing him and he had a smile on his face and he's trying to talk to us you know and I didn't I didn't know that was the last time I was gonna see him I think in their own way my parents tried to protect me but you can't really protect somebody from death you know it's it is what it is and um, I remember we walked out we were rushed out of the room I didn't know it then but I know it now it's because he was coding and I remember my grandmother coming out of the bathroom and yelling at him because <laughs> she was so mad that he waited until she was gone and he passed he passed that was really hard <laughs> Um, things just weren't the same after that. It, it was like from the age of six on, stuff just didn't stop. It didn't stop. You'll notice a lot when I talk about my trauma that it's around the age of eight where the most memorable things happen. Um, but death didn't stop. I was surrounded by it. Um... Absolutely, 100% surrounded by it all my life. To where when my old friend's daughter died of cancer, it almost, it fazed me, but not in the way some people think. I She didn't understand how I could be so strong and 
keep such a level head and reality about it. And it's because I have, one, it's not my daughter because when, you know, something happened to my daughter, I lost it. But it's because it just, I knew, (laughs) you know, I have listened to the death gurgle. I have watched every single grandparent that I've had, except for my mom's dad, die of cancer. My step-grandmother, you name it. It just doesn't faze me. And that's so wrong. So wrong. Um, but yeah. Death. Are you afraid of heights? Well... That's a question I never thought I'd ever, 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 ever infinity ask myself because I didn't used to be. Nope. I had no problem climbing up to the tip tops of trees when I explored in the woods. I didn't even have fear of snakes or any creatures lurking about when I explored the woods when I was little. I had really no fears. Looking back, I don't really think I did. Until, and again, Probably, I think it was eight or nine. Yep. Yep. Eight or nine. (sighs) Growing up in Virginia, we had two theme parks. Busch Gardens, Williamsburg. Amazing. I highly suggest. And what was known as King's Dominion that turned into Paramount that now turned into something else. I don't know. King's Dominion used to be owned by Hanna-Barbera, I believe. And then it turned to Paramount. And then I have no idea since then because I haven't been there. Um, yeah, King's Dominion. Mm-hmm. I used to be extremely frustrated because I was so short <laughs> as a child. And I watched my sister go on all these rides. My very first ride that I was very excited about going on actually was at Bush Gardens. It was the Loch Ness Monster which I believe has since been retired, rest in peace, (laughs) is, (laughs) Um, or no, 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 I think it was the Big Bad Wolf, and then it was the Loch Ness Monster. Anywho, both are out of commission, no longer in existence. Um, There was a ride when we went to King's Dominion that I decided to go on. (sighs) It was called The Grizzly. This ride was an old wooden roller coaster with the sides that were pretty much open and you just had a lap bar and a seatbelt that really served no purpose unless you had at least five people sitting with you. Mind you, I weighed less than a wet rag at the time, but I was tall enough. That matters, right? No, they don't factor in your weight. Mm -mm. Nope, not at all. Needless to say, I was very, very excited. I remember waiting in line uh, with my mom. My mom took me. She's such a good sport. I told you, my mom has been through it all with me, people. How that woman does not have PTSD from just me, I I have no idea. I really don't. So, (sighs) there we are just standing, waiting, talking, enjoying life. I think my sister was already, I think she had already gotten on the ride or something and she was waiting for us. We get in the cart, my mom tries to tighten the seatbelt as best she can, the lap bar goes down and off we go. 
Now, mind you, this isn't, you know, one of those roller coasters where you're up in circles and all twisty turnies. It's just up and down, up and down, up and down really fast. So we go up, we go down, we go up again and we go down. You see what I'm going here? My body lifted off the seat. I slid underneath the seatbelt. I believe it was my stomach that was, I was kind of like in a twisted motion. I was on the floor of the cart, the roller coaster cart. My feet were somewhat dangling off the side. I don't know how much they were dangling. My mind probably over-dramatizes what I remember because it was beyond frightening. Um, my mom, I remember she was holding on to my arms for dear freaking life as we were continuing to go up and down, up and down. Um, the fear, I remember, I, I swear I could see the bottom. That could be just mixed memories. I don't know. But I thought I was going to die. I almost did. Um, when we got off the ride, it would seem, it just seemed like time just stopped again. Um, when we got off the ride, I think that was the first time I've ever heard my mom say the F word. She was pissed and rightfully so. Um, I am sure that's not the first time that's probably happened. I know my sister had an incident, but not as severe. Um, I don't know much about it. She didn't really go into detail about it. Um, ever since then, I never went back on the ride. Let's put it that way. Uh, even during field trips, like for band and stuff like that, I never went on that ride. I refused. Um, my fear of roller coasters isn't what you would actually surprisingly think. I still roll roller coasters, people. However, I refuse to go on anything that did not have a harness. Even with the harness, I panicked if there was even a tiny bit of space. Um, I got back on roller coasters mainly for my kids. Mainly when I had my kids, I got on for them and they would laugh <laughs> so hard because I would go into a complete panic attack, palm sweaty. I mean, panic attack. Like my heart was beating so fast. I mean, it was, that was another one of my final destination moments, people. I have experienced it and it is frightening, <laughs> but I still got back on that horse. You know, I still did. Um, and that's where I look back and I need to kind of give myself credit because as frightening and traumatic as that was, I refuse to let it get the best of me, um, which is interesting what we allow and what we don't allow to really destroy us. But then again, I look at it here I go with the psychology of it all. I don't face roller coasters every day. I mean, not physically. You know what I'm saying? Not literally. I can make that choice whether or not I want to go on that roller coaster. Whereas people, I don't always get that choice to interact or see or um, it's a daily thing interacting with people. So I don't always know when I'm going to be triggered. But with roller coasters, I do have control over that to an extent. Um, so there's some positive, I suppose you could say in that one, but it did change me. It did change my outlook on life. Um, the world looked different 
And, you know, if you've listened to my recent segments, you'll understand why. Because around this age is when trauma happened. And a lot of trauma more than you guys could ever, ever, ever understand. And the reason why I'm telling these little parts, the less traumatic, but they're still pretty traumatic, I guess I should say the less um, impact parts of my life is so that you understand that there's more underneath this and that just, I'm I'm having a hard time explaining because I feel like I'm starting to dissociate. Um, It's more, just more factors that add into my brain pausing and not developing the way that it should and why I went into such a fantasy land in my mind sometimes whenever I was confronted by something unpleasant because I have experienced unpleasant things. Lots of us experience unpleasant things, okay? Lots of us go through unpleasant things, unwanted things, hurtful things, sad things, right? I get that. But these things, especially when they happen one after another, after another, after another, they do start to shape you. It's not like one thing happened in years past and yada, yada, yada. And then another thing happened years past and you had time to process it. There was no processing when I was eight. None. There was no processing. There was no processing that some things are normal child curiosities versus being assaulted versus child development and that everybody develops differently where I was not interested in boys at the time I was too busy being a happy child (laughs) versus and then being teased because of it so you kind of see where I'm going with this all around the age of eight and when my therapist asked me one day she goes when you look at yourself and imagine yourself the way she she asked me the question was perfect I I probably could never ask it you know the same way that she said it or phrase it the same way she said it but she said something along the lines of how old did you see yourself my immediate response was age eight think about that for a minute 